yourself be about to cry. And um, like Julian said, it's a mini-series that we've been doing since. And we've learned about Jonah. Uh, sorry, we've learned about Joshua. And we've learned about uh, when he brought us. And we sort of shot him into Jehovah, which was a quick way to remember Jehovah's party. And I was remembering that. And then, uh, so this morning we're just going to talk about Paul and science. And I'm trying to make this, the, the slides a bit colourful in that way, you know, to just keep us engaged and keep our eyes fixed on it. Uh, I was hoping I was going to start off with some bit of a joke, but for me, by the way, said I'm a bad joke. I don't think there's anything. So I've tried and I've tried so much several times, but she still says I don't make the best of jokes. So, yes. um, Alright, so um, it's been leading up to this moment um, from when we started with our songs this morning and if we generally see the atmosphere around everyone in the church is about the fact that our praise in different circumstances, in different situations does wonders and then um, listen to um, Andrew's uh, testimony this morning and she's sort of Delve in some way into some of the things that I'll be talking about this morning and we will look at it. Uh, so we'll start off with Paul and Silas and then to bring you up, we'll talk about two lessons that we can learn from them. Um, Paul and Silas have been called by God uh, through a vision from a man to go to Macedonia and um, on the way they had stopped by one of the towns and they baptized uh, Lydia and household and the leader has said to them, well, you, you know, if I'm not a Christian, you baptize me, come to my house and come and dine with me, come and rest in my house and this is where we start the story from and we'll be looking at two lessons and sort of a way to bring it all home and yeah. So uh, the two things that we'll be looking at there are emotions and the first one is, is anger and the next one is trust. Um, it might not look like we're talking about praise here, but in some way we'll get away to sort of bring you back to that, to that talk, to the subject matter. Um, so, along the way, uh, we're going to read what the next verse is, and that's where we'll just start to open from. Uh, we talked about two things emotions, we talked about anger, we talked about trust. And this is Paul and Silas on their way, you know, doing what, what they've been called by God to do. They met this young girl who was there with them, and this young girl was persistently uh, saying to them, ah, so it's a bit small here now. Uh, so, on the way going, so we'll read from that place, it says in verse 16 to 18, Now it happened, as they went into prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed the spirit of divination, she met us. Um, this girl brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She's not done a very bad thing by doing that anyway. She just said, Well, these men are servants of God. Paul and everyone around them knew that this girl, uh, this, these people are servants of God, and she was proclaiming the truth. But she was not saying it out of the Spirit of Christ. She was not saying it out of the Spirit of God. And this she did for many days. Now, the Bible didn't say how many days she did this for. It didn't say it was two days or three days. It didn't say it was five days or six days. 
but typically they've got them into the cots and that's when the Bible then said it. And when you had laying your straps on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. And they said, well, just keep them securely, lock them into the inner part of the prison. And this is what you need to do. Just keep them securely. They must not go anywhere. And the jailer, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and they fastened their feet in the stocks. And that's the commandment that he's given. But we'll go back again to see if we were Jesus. And I've tried to bring up this part here and say it's not BWJD, which some of us are familiar with. And it's common to say, what would Jesus do? Now, this is what Jesus encourages us to do at every instance. Regardless of whatever emotions that we are feeling as Christians, regardless of what it is, Jesus has commanded us at every time to do that with love. And he showed us to us in Matthew 15, verse 32. Since Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on these people. They have been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they will collapse on the way. And the bottom line of that is compassion. So if we go back to my initial smiley about the whole face and everything there is that whatever we do to do it with compassion. These people had been with Jesus all along. They had followed him everywhere. Yes, definitely, some would have stepped on the street. Yes, definitely, some would have been angry with him. But not everyone who was with Jesus loved him. Yes or no? Yeah, not everyone. And therefore, he still treated them with compassion. He still wanted them to go alone, to go away hungry because they might collapse on the way. So he treated them with compassion. Now, that's the first section of what we're going to talk about today. So imagine Paul and Silas had healed this girl. Paul had acted irrationally, out of anger, and although he had performed a very, very wonderful miracle, they had taken them, they had laid straps on them and flogged them, and then they had thrown them into prison, and the jailer had thrown them into the innermost parts of the prison, and had locked all their feet with chains, and they had nowhere to go to. What will their reaction be at that stage? Can anyone guess? How do you think it would feel? Not good. Not good. Frustrated. Yeah. So not good. Frustrated. Maybe angry. Maybe sad. Maybe Paul will say, oh, "Oh dear God, I have done something. I have not done the right thing. I have not acted like Jesus would do. I have not done the WWJD. Uh, you know, I've not, I've not done the right thing." Now they have all those emotions around them. And here the things I always pulls back from us is that our lives are not perfect. Our lives in some ways are not the ideal. It's not always a straight road. If you're going from here to London and you put in your sat nav and then you say it takes take the M6, the M55, the M65 or whatever it is. And in some cases when I'm driving, Google Map does something and it brings up an alternative route for me. And it says, do you want to accept? In most cases, I say no. <laughs> because it's not, it's, 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 it's not the best route. In most instances, I've tried it once and it wasn't the best route, whatever. So I have always learned to decline it. So our lives also, as Christians, is not a very perfect one. And there might be emotions along the way as we go on in life as Christians. And the question I have every time is to say, do you want to accept it? So, 
if someone comes up to you and slaps you in the face, you read that quick reaction and says, do you want to accept it? What do you want to do? What would you just do? Do you want to accept it? So if you accept it, what do you want to do with it? Do you want to slap the person back or do you say to people, God bless you? What do you want to do? I mean, it's one of those things you have to consider at different times. So there are emotions at every single time. There are emotions that we think, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to move house, if I'm going to buy clothes, if I'm going to get ready for my birthday, get ready for Christmas, I expect things to go this way. Well, in some cases, it doesn't just go that way. It doesn't go that way. If you plan that you're going to go for an interview, and you've got said one hour to go on that interview, and you've checked Google Maps and you said, well, it's all blue throughout, and as you go on the journey, it turns out to be a red. Voila, there is a crash on the way. What do you do? How do you manage the emotions at that time? And so Paul and Silas had done a miracle and they turned into prison. What was their emotions? How did they handle it? Did they, did they, did they, did they lose hope? Did they faint? Did they become sad or angry at God and say, well, God, I have, I have healed this girl. You know, you know, we're going somewhere. It's all about Tom. You know, I've just baptized someone. I've just saved someone. I've just brought someone back to you. Why has this befallen on us? And that's what it takes us to, uh, to the place of trust and to the place of worship. We do not praise, we do not worship God if we don't trust Him. And therefore it comes to the fact that whatever we do, trusting God has to be there. We do need to believe that God loves us and we need to trust Him that He is there for us. So even though whatever emotions Paul had had at the beginning with this girl was not the right one, which we do agree, there is that part of trust and there is that part of worship. And this is what they began to do. Um, just quickly to Psalms 59 verse 60, um, it says, For I will sing of your power, yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. You have been my defense and my refuge in the day of trouble. It takes great effort, and just like Andrew said this morning, it really takes great effort when things are not going on right to say, yes, I want to sing to God, I want to praise Him, I want to, you know, I want to worship Him. And some are saying, but I will sing of your power. Yes, I, things have not been going on really well, but I will sing of your power. Yes, um, you, you know, I'm one of the best phase or the best frame of mind at this moment to want to sing to you or to worship you, but I will sing of your power. Yes, things are not going on well, but I will sing of your power. Yes, it might look like I'm a little bit down, I'm a little bit anxious, I'm a little bit depressed, but I will sing of your power. Yes, it might be that I've got this pain in my knee or pain in my head and I pray to you and I've taken all the medications that, and it's not working, but I will sing of your power. There is that but there and it's recognizing that God is powerful and it's recognizing that he loves us and it's recognizing that if we put our trust and our faith in him, he will save us. But sometimes it's a bit difficult to want to do that, especially if you don't have the right words to say. If you are a fan of the Bollywood movie, some people are, you don't want to be shy about it. Okay, I don't, I don't watch so many of them. I think the only one I've watched so far is, is, 
is the community of Tenemoli. But one of the striking things about Bollywood movies, if there is a love in a romantic scene, and there is someone who is trying to impress his love to the girl, and you know, it's quite difficult. What do they do next? They burst out into songs, and they start singing and dancing. And you might be something that's this one here as well. You struggle with your words, you struggle with not the right words to say. And cats is doing the sex as well. <laughs> you struggle with your words, you know you don't have the right words to say. And first Corinthians 14 verse 15 is saying, I will pray in my spirit. And that's where we have the blessings of praying talks. Because sometimes it's not just easy to want to say, God, I love you. And sometimes, you know, our emotions are there. We have the logic, we can reason, we can, we can, we can, we can do two plus two and say it's four. We can say, well, if, if it's this and if it's this, and we combine the thoughts together, the answer might not be very great. And therefore, if we put logic in there, we will not have, may not have the right words to say at that time. Well, here is what it says, but I will pray in my spirit. And that's what defies that logic that we have. But I will pray in my spirit, but I will also pray in my understanding. So it means that as we begin to pray in the spirit, we then have the strength to pray in our understanding. Yeah. And then we sing in the spirit as well. Then we then have that strength to sing in our understanding. So regardless of what the situation is, if it's not favorable, Bible is encouraging us to start and carry on. So, back to Paul. Here is what they did, even after they'd been thrown into prison. They started singing. It says in verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And which is what I found very, 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 very interesting. And it means that regardless of what their emotions are, regardless of how they've been beaten, they've been stripped naked, they've been thrown into the most parts of the prison, they've had, you know, their foot locked in chains and everything, they found strength at midnight and they started praying and they started singing hymns to God. And even though they were worshipping God in themselves, people were listening to them. People were listening to them. Everyone in the prison was listening to them. And this is where it matters. Because we are, I don't want to use that word, I think we are contagious in some way. If we are able, as Christians, you know, as we are able, as children of God, to put aside whatever emotions that bring us down, and we're able to sing in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit and have our joy from God, then that joy is contagious. And that's what happens when we come here in fellowship and we begin to sing. And there is someone in front lifting up their hands and, and waving, and someone else is doing that, and someone else is on the drums. Then it becomes contagious, and there's this atmosphere. And we call it a communal atmosphere. It's, it's that atmosphere that surrounds everyone of us here because one person has caught the fire and the fire is going around into everybody else. Now, this is what happened. Everyone was listening and suddenly there was a great earthquake and so the foundations of the prison were shaking and immediately the doors were opened and 
One person's chain was broken. Was it one in silence? Was it two people? Was it three? The Bible didn't tell us how many people were in that prison, but here is what it said. Everyone's chains were loose. As we come into fellowship, as we come into worship, as we come to praise God at every instance of our life, as we come on Sunday and as we begin to sing and worship, regardless of what we have going on, it's the atmosphere of praise, it's the atmosphere of worship, and we trust God that as we worship in here, in Christ's central church, all chains are broken, all chains are loosened. It's not just because of Paul and Silas, they had that atmosphere there, the atmosphere was there, and everyone's chains were broken. What would have happened if they had been soaking in the prison tunnels and saying, we're not going to do this? I'm not in the best frame of mind, no, I'm not going to sing, I'm not going to pray, I'm not going to dance, I'm not going to sing the hymns. What would have happened? Well, you don't know. Maybe the church will be praying, you don't know. Maybe they'll be there for ages, you don't know. But they took up that courage and they started, and everyone was listening. Did everyone else join them in singing? We don't know. Did they all have faith in the fact that they were singing? We don't know. But they took up that courage and they started singing. And there was this great earthquake. And everyone's chains were loose. And therefore, we sometimes say, well, we encourage everyone to come into church. I'll send it to you. I don't know if it was Ben I was speaking to over the week. I don't know who it was I was speaking to. I was saying that, look, there are times when you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like coming to church. Am I the only one here? <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, you may have had a very stressful week, week. You may, you know, you just may not be feeling it. You just may not be feeling it. But I don't feel like it. In, in, in some cases, it's the moment when we are not feeling it yes. that we then need to be strong enough to come in. Because here is what happens. When we come in, there is the atmosphere. It's no longer St. Michael's home. It's become the house of God. And in the house of God, there is power. There is power. And that power covers every one of us. And that's what happened there. Because two people started singing. Two people started praising. Two people started singing hymns. And everyone was saved. And he would have gave the charge to say, keep them securely, and was not thinking, what's happening? Oh God, what's happening? Oh God, what's happening? And in verse 27 it says, and the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep, and seeing the prison was open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called him with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself. What well, we are all here. Paul would have been angry with this in chapter game. He could have said, Well, you've thrown us into the prison, you've tied our feet, you've locked us up in chains. But Paul still had a message on him. Well, put that in as a caveat. Would you say that Paul had changed his ways from singing? Would you say his emotions had changed? It's a different emotion at that point in time which is expressed. But here is what happened. Afterwards, it was an opportunity for them to win the soul. To Christ, they had a testimony to share with this 
start and they converted him, you know, into Christ. Now, I put this funny thing there, says that we are humans and not robots. And what that means for us is, it is about our emotions. It is about two things that goes on as we go through life, as we journey through life. And Google is a robot in some ways, of course you can ask Google a lot of questions, but the bottom line remains that Google is a robot, and sometimes it asks you, do you want to take the better route? But here it says that we are humans, and as we go through life, we can move from different emotions in a day. We can go from anger to sadness, to being fatigued, to being, you know, in despair, things are often right. And whatever it is, we shouldn't lose our trust in God. Regardless of the emotions that we go through, through life, so for these comes our songs of praise and worship, and that is our battle cry. So, in summary, we are not robots. We have emotions. And we trust God at all times to help us through these emotions, but we should also understand that we should not lose our trust, we should not lose our faith in God. And that is our song, that's our worship, and that's our battle cry. And Psalms 105, verse 53 says, says in whatever situation you feel, it says, sing to Him, sing praise to Him, tell of all His wonderful acts. God is good. And that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter what anybody says. God is good. Glory in His name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning. We bless you for your word. This morning we ask for God that Lord will grant us much strength, more grace in you to find reasons to worship you, to praise you. Amen.